Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I want to echo what Naomi already said. It's so good to... uh, Worship together with other believers. And it's really good to worship together with hungry believers. Come on. You guys seem a little drowsy this morning. You got conference hangover or something? Like, uh, what's going on? Anyone hungry for Jesus? Anybody more hungry for Jesus than that? Oh, speaking of the conference, how many people enjoyed the conference last weekend, our, our five-year celebration as a church? Thank you, Jesus. We, uh, we made it, and we're growing up in Jesus' name. And uh, we had, obviously, Pastor Bill Johnson with us, Pastor Chris Valentin. Uh, we had our worship team, did an amazing job. We had Jake Hamilton, guest worship leader here, had an incredible time. But uh, speaking of hunger, I mean, there were so many, so many downloads and nuggets from that time. But, but Pastor Bill, if you were there, remember he was talking about his hunting dog. This was years ago. He got a brand new hunting dog, spent a bunch of money, get it trained to get out hunting the first time. And all it did was fell asleep under the truck and never moved. And he's like, I paid all this money to buy this dog and get it trained up. And what's this lazy dog doing? And, and he called the trainer and they're talking it through. He's like, you said the dog was ready to go. And now he's just sleep under the truck. Like, what's wrong? And they were going back and forth trying to figure out what happened. And, and uh, the trainer said, oh, you didn't feed the dog before you went hunting, did you? And he went, oh, yeah, I did. Was I not supposed to? And the trainer said, no, you only hunt them hungry. <laughs> so once again, is anybody hungry this morning? <clears throat> you almost had me convinced on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm hungry. I love him. I love him more. I love him more day by day. Also, Bill Johnson says, I I grew up in the kingdom hearing him say this, in the kingdom, the more you eat, the hungrier you become. (laughs) So let's let's feast on Jesus and the word this morning. Thank you for that one lady who's (laughs) excited for the word. Oh, Okay, I'll try that again. Let's feast on Jesus and the word of God this morning together. Thank you for that spontaneous response. Very encouraging. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, last, last week again, lots of amazing things happened. Deaf ears opened up. Lots of people got healed. Broken, bro- broken ribs got healed last weekend. They just happened to be mine. Come on, thank you, Jesus. That was amazing because uh, I was pretty miserable for a couple of weeks there, and Jesus showed up. Yay, God. Can, can we just invite more of him to come? He's already here. 
Father, I thank you that worship doesn't stop when the instruments do. Worship is an expression and a position of our hearts. So Father, I thank you that you're here. We love you, God. I thank you that your word says, Proverbs tells us that you inhabit the praise of your people, Father. So our hearts are positioned to praise you, God. We exalt your name. We worship you. We magnify you. We exalt your name, God. We say, come and keep on coming, Father. (laughs) Be good, Father not to the measure of our understanding, but do more than we could ask, think, or imagine. Supersede our understanding, God. Blow our boxes and our minds so that our ways can line up with yours, Father. God, we ask that you would surprise us in your goodness this morning. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just gonna keep stoking the fire till someone gets happy in Jesus. But, um, I, I heard the word reset this morning right at the end of worship and I saw God hitting the reset button on some people's bodies and I feel like that there is, that there is some physical dynamics and I saw a digestion being one of them. I saw a dynamics with um, the, the blood and circulation uh, uh, being another uh, of them, is something with the lungs. If you need God to hit a reset in your body, there's been, a, there's been an, an unhealthy rhythm, uh, like something going on that you can't get to reset. You can't get it in control. I just want you to stand up real quick. God's gonna release some miraculous grace in the room right now. Someone say grace. (laughs) Thank you, Father. If it is grace, then it has to be miraculous because we can't earn grace. That went over well. All right, I'll try this side of the room. If it's grace, it has to be miraculous because we can't earn grace. We can't work it up. We can't manufacture it. Grace comes from heaven in the name of Jesus by the goodness of God. We we can only access it by faith. But God even stirs the faith in us by grace. Yeah, thank you, Father. If you're near someone who's standing and you believe in Jesus and the grace of God, just put a hand on them and we're just gonna release a reset over their body in Jesus' name. I just want you to take about 10 seconds and I just want you to declare reset over their body in Jesus' name. Whether it's digestion, we declare reset right now in Jesus' name. Whether it's a blood condition or circulation, we declare reset in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Yeah, if it's arthritis, uh, neuropathy, Thank you, Father. I know I've mentioned digestion, but I just really feel digestion, Father. We command a reset to come over the digestive system in Jesus' name. Yeah, and I, this one just, just dropped. Father, I thank you for a reset over uh, melatonin release. 
and cycles and levels and sleep at night, I declare reset in Jesus' name. And someone said, I receive that for myself. Before you sit down, just remind your neighbor you have permission to get happy in Jesus. Just look at your other neighbor and tell him conference hangover isn't a real thing. <laughs> and then just give him a couple of these. I just break that off of you in Jesus' name and just do that thing and tell they're all, yeah, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to have fun. You have permission to join me if you want to. Uh, Thank you, Father. I am, I am preaching and speaking on a continuation of my message. Last time I was up here the week before a conference, which was on supernatural community. And I'm speaking a follow-up to that uh, on living in community and growing in community supernaturally. I'm going to be in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. I'm also going to be in First uh, Corinthians 13, but we're going to be in we're going to be in Ephesians 4, a bunch. And thank you, Jesus. God is good. Yeah. And uh, you know, last last message I talked about community, and I talked about apart from prayer and and worship, that community is where God grows us most. And that we actually, we actually are designed to need each other, and God puts us in community on purpose. Can I get an amen? amen. The, the enemy is working overtime, particularly in this generation, in this age, to release isolation, to get people separated, but that's not the ways of God. They, 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 the, the ways of the kingdom is family, which is why God refers to himself as father. That we, are, that we are only going to grow into the fullness that God has for us in community and in family. That we need each other. And it is actually in the challenges of community that we actually learn to grow. <laughs> you actually only truly know what you believe when it's challenged. <laughs> You, you actually only know your position when you have to defend it. <clears throat> it's easy to think a bunch of lofty thoughts until someone challenges those thoughts and you actually have to back it up. Oh, yeah, this is what I believe, but this is why I believe what I believe. But here's something else. It's easy, it's easy to defend your position against someone that you can't see and that you don't respect. How many people have noticed that debates online don't end in good fruit? <laughs> Listen, that it actually, to defend your position to someone that you love and respect. <laughs> 
that when it's, when it's not just, oh, this person that I've already decided you're wrong before we even engage in the conversation. Here, let me just type that, you're wrong, boom. Listen, you're actually not defending anything, but when someone who you're in community with, in relationship with, someone that you love, someone that you respect and value, they go, um, why are you behaving like that? <laughs> I thought it was a good point. <laughs> why, why are you behaving that? Why do you believe that thing? And then, now you have to dig deeper. You have to reach deeper into your well, and you actually figure out what you really believe. Thank you, Jesus. This is all what we talked about last week. But how many people know that the kingdom is more about being than it is doing. How many people know that Jesus is coming back for a a spotless bride? (laughs) I I didn't intend it to be funny, but... A spotless eye without blemish or wrinkle. But how many people know that Jesus is growing up his body into this bride? It's a process that, that there's actually, that we are actually called to grow up into the image, not just do it. Listen, there is a doing, but it comes out of maturing. That God is actually looking for growth. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you try to do something before you become something, it gets real messy. <laughs> Listen, we have children. I don't want, I don't want my nine-year-old managing our household finances. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> But we want to grow him up so that he manages his household well. And maybe one day when we're old, he will manage ours and take care of us. One day. (laughs) When he's grown up into the fullness of that maturity. Come on, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) That we are the bride. But God wants to grow us. I want to, let's jump into Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to read a bunch of, a bunch of uh, scripture this morning, but that's okay because we love the word of God, amen? And we're going we're gonna to jump in, we're going to break down several things, but I want us to notice the context of community even in, as the backdrop to everything that's in here. Ephesians chapter four, verse one I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is obviously Paul speaking here, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all the lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And it keeps going. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things, or that word there is fulfill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles. Now, <clears throat> pause here. The, the, um, the Passion Translation says he gave grace to some to be apostles. So I want, to hear it through, I want us to hear it through that reading. He himself gave grace to some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That, that, we're, two more verses. That, three more. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I know that's a lot, but there's, but there's a lot in there. <clears throat> Amen. Ephesians, <clears throat> in chapter three, it says, keeping the unity of the spirit, capital S spirit, the Holy Spirit, the in community, in our, in our learning to do this together, in our ability to grow each other together, that we are meant to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit, God's ways, which are higher than our ways, right? Not the unity like the world would read it, the unity of agreement, like we have a, we have a, a, a a harmonious agreement among us. No, we don't set the ways or the tempo or the pace or the standard. Christ does. And our job is to preserve the unity of his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Prince of Peace, keeping the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Not our peace, or our ways, but his peace, in his ways. We receive our true peace out of the overflow of finding his peace. Come on. What is a community, not an individual here or there or there, but a community that is surrendered to Holy Spirit look like? I don't know, but let's find out together. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians, the verses four, one, verses one through six, we already read it, but I want you to see that the context is all about community and togetherness, that, <clears throat> that we're walking together in long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. There is one body and one Spirit, just so you're called in one hope of one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and who fulfills all. Community. Verse seven, but to each one, grace was given. Each one, grace was given. We all need to participate in order for proper maturity and growth to happen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Can I say that again? <laughs> we all need to participate for proper maturity and growth to happen. That it, that it is us bringing our uniqueness and our, and our skills and our perspective and our gifts and our grace and our challenges and our baggage and us learning to work it out all together, which is the dynamic that grows us up into the full image of God. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Going back to the first message, did you know that community isn't even meant to be perfect? <laughs> that just blew somebody's bubbles. <laughs> you just popped my bubble. <clears throat> the, the, yes, in God's design, community isn't even meant to be perfect. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. <clears throat> but as I said in the first one, it's not even just, uh, li listen, the, the word of God is a two-edged sword. And when we only gather with with a group of people who thinks exactly like us and agrees with everything that we agree with and never challenge us, it's only like sharpening one side of your sword. It's in the differences where real growth happens. <clears throat> Verse 11. As I mentioned, the Passion Translation gave grace to some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, <clears throat> some pastors, and some teachers. That, that God gave grace. And as we talked about already, you can't earn grace, and you can't, you can't work it up. You can't manufacture it. That it's a gift, that it is grace from heaven. And God gives some grace to fulfill these offices. But God gives other people grace to transform the banking system. And God gives grace to other people to transform the education system. <laughs> and God gives other people grace to raise up the next generation of world changers. And listen, one call is not greater than the other. It's just a distribution of, of grace and gifts. And our job is to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've given me. How do I use it to my full capacity? Yeah. <clears throat> but these, the, these, 
that are mentioned here, these, the five offices, these are offices which are, different than, which are different than just gifts, and the offices have a purpose. And that God give grace in 11. He gives, and he himself gave grace to some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? Not a trick question. Who are the saints? <laughs> so, so God gives grace to some for the equipping of all. Some, somebody say all. For what purpose? For the work of the ministry. For what? For the edifying of the body. So God gives grace to some to fulfill these offices. Now listen, the gifts, like the gift of prophecy, everyone can step into the gift and prophesy to the measure of the grace that's given to them. Everyone can prophesy. But some people are given a grace as an office of a prophet. Their job isn't just to prophesy. That's everybody's job. <clears throat> Their job is to raise the water level of the prophetic in the whole body and to equip the saints to prophesy. Thank you, Jesus. And pastors to raise up people who know how to pastor. And evangelists to raise up people who know how to evangelize. <laughs> Listen, what happens when we have a body who realizes that the only pastors aren't the people who run a church? <laughs> the room is full of pastors. The question is, who are we pastoring? Listen, that God is equipping pastors who know how to pastor their coworkers, who know how to pastor their neighbors, who know how to pastor their families for the work of ministry. I think this is good. <laughs> Listen, here's what, here's what we'll love, right? Evangelists. The evangelist's job isn't to get every, every new person saved. The evangelist, the true evangelist, the office of the evangelist is to infuse the power of evangelism into all of the saints. <laughs> so, there you go. That's it, so that every saint goes, oh, I'm equipped to lead my coworkers to Christ, to lead my neighbors to Christ, to lead the person in the grocery store to Christ. The, the whole body knows how to evangelize. Thank you, Jesus. The gifts are for the edifying of the body, but the offices for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. One of the church's primary functions is for equipping. This includes teaching and pastoring and discipling, absolutely 100%, 1,000%. It includes that. 
But if we have if we have reversed our perspective and believe the highest goal of the church is to serve me, then it becomes about me. And we just have produced consumer Christianity. I'm here to get fed. What are you going to do with what you get? Nothing. I'm just going to come back next week to get fed some more. You know what? I'm just going to keep preaching. I don't know. I I agree with what I'm saying, so I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) Should I say this or not? Yeah, I've already dug the hole, so I'm just going to keep going. Listen, in the natural... In the natural, our country is one of the most obese countries in the planet. Consume, consume, consume without healthy output. But that has trickled into our spirituality. What if we weren't obese Christians? What if we were fit Christians? That is a good word, Joaquin. You keep preaching. You keep going. You're edifying my spirit. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. What, what does the body start to look like then? You know, Renee preached a message a couple of weeks ago on, on uh, disappointment and offense. And she, she brought forth this truth that disappointment is Always, almost always unfulfilled expectation. Unfulfilled expectation. But the problem is we always think that the unfulfilled, that the breakdown of unfulfilled expectation is on the other person's end. Not recognizing that half the time we brought inappropriate expectation to the table. And then never communicated. We just got offended. And leave. Come on, Jesus. When the context of the Bible is family and community. How many people realize that the context of the Bible is family and community? When it's family and community, it's not a hostess stand. Show up. Yes, um, I'd like to be served, please. I'd like to be discipled. Oh, great. We have a perfect table for you right over here by the window. Here, come sit down. If you're not happy about anything, just complain to the manager. <laughs> Listen, I'm committed now, so I'm just going to keep going. So. You can send emails all week long, that's all right. <laughs> you can, we're, we're in community, so we can work it out. <laughs> but that's not the context of the Bible. It's not a hostess stand. The context of the Bible is the picture of family preparing Thanksgiving dinner together. <laughs> Listen, your job is to help grandma peel the potatoes. 
It's no, it's no hostess stand. It's how do I help? And in helping, I learn. And in helping, we engage and we talk about life with grandma and talk about struggles and she speaks wisdom into me and speaks destiny into me. She also catches me when I try to steal some berries that are for dessert. She slaps my hand, uh-uh, you know better than that. That's, that's called community. That's where, that's where maturing happens. That's where we grow up to fulfill our destiny. Not by trying to manufacture our efforts before the growth. Thank you, Jesus. When you understand that that the church is a place to equip and community is a place that challenges us as well as cares for us, our our expectation walking in the door is different. The church is absolutely meant to, to pastor and it's meant to, to care and it's it meant to disciple, thousand percent. And that happens. And, you know, especially new believers, especially people are going through trial, through struggle. Yes, there are times when it, there are times when it's not about what you give away. Matthew 10 says, freely you have received, freely give. There are times that we are just meant to be receiving. And God will use those struggles, those trials. He'll equip you that you will find yourself now more equipped to give away in another time. But you're just meant to just receive, right? But those are times. Those are moments. What, how did Chris Felton say it? So the, the crap of this season will fertilize your next season. He said it. Send the email to him. <laughs> now I forgot what I was saying but I'm sure it was good thank you Jesus that that our our perspective changes that what what it, listen, those, those are, that's it. Those are seasons, those are times, those are moments, and those are good and they're healthy moments. But the rest of the time, we should be coming with the perspective, oh, I am being fed so that I can be transformation. I'm coming to, to be grown and to equip so I can change the environment around me. What if, what if the whole church came not just going, not just looking to be pastored, but looking to become better pastors? <laughs> what if the whole church came, came looking to be better equipped for evangelism, better equipped as teachers of the word? Not just to be taught, but to be better teachers. Um, what would what would a what would the body of Christ look like then? Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. 
verse, verse 13. So, so I'll back up. The, say, he gave grace to some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To the perfect man, to the fullness, to the measure, to the stature. Do you know that he's talking about maturing? He's talking about growing us up. How many people know that Jesus is the head? (laughs) You guys are killing me. (laughs) Jesus is the head. And we are the body. And he's growing us up until we are in proportion, till the body is in proportion to the head. And this is the perfect man or bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish that he is looking for. Come on, thank you, Jesus. The perfect, the, the perfect That, that word perfect man there, the word perfect, it means having reached its end, complete, perfect. It, it literally means full grown or of full age. It's specifically of the completeness of Christian character. God is looking to mature his body. It's teleos in the Greek, and it means mature. It means consummate. It means going through the necessary stages to reach the end goal. (laughs) Tele, from the root where you get telescope. And, uh, you know, the, the old pirate telescope that would extend from one stage to the next, to the next, to the next, until you reach the full measure. The perfect man, Jesus, isn't just waving a wand. <laughs> He's inviting us to grow. In uh, verses 14 through 16, we're going to end. Here, what is, what is all this growing in community result in? I'm gonna read 13 again, then I'm gonna read 14 through 16, last three verses. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that, here it is, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Uh Uh-oh, does that sound like this generation? By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but instead speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, for whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share 
causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Woo, come on, Jesus. When the, when the whole body starts to engage, when the whole body says, listen, this isn't a restaurant, this is family dinner. How do I get involved? How do I bring my skills? How do I bring what I have to offer? And listen, that we are all on a maturing journey and at different places, and that's okay. But listen, even the six-year-old can contribute something, right? Here, take this silverware and set the table, right? Everyone participates, and in the participation, everyone grows. But when we don't participate, we actually stunt the growth of the whole body. Thank you, Jesus. But when we all engage in community, we grow up into the full measure of Christ. And what's the result? We're not tossed to and fro. We're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by whatever fad comes across the internet, by whatever post is on uh, Instagram. No, because we're rooted and grounded in something. What we believe has been challenged. We've been sharpening our iron. That my rough places and your rough places have met till we make a sharp discerning sword that knows how to cut through the muck and the mire. Jesus. Matthew 18. Well, in here, most assuredly, I say to you, Matthew 18, 18. This is from a message a couple of months ago. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But the word whatever there, uh, hostess, literally, it means how much or how many. It's not just the selection of something, but it's the volume of something. To the measure that we learn to bind something on earth, heaven comes into agreement with it and it's bound in the spirit. Did you hear what I just said? (laughs) It's not just the selection of like, okay, I picked that thing, I bind it in Jesus' name. No, to the measure. Listen, when we catch this, we start to change cities. Listen, I hate, I hate the concept of sex trafficking that's such from the pit of hell. What happens when we learn to bind that in full measure? That we come into agreement and we cut it off. And heaven says, finally, my, my body is maturing, is growing up in faith. I come into agreement and I cut that off in the spirit. And those who are under the influence of that lie just come into the city or the county lines and get delivered. Come on, when traffickers show up at the police department to turn themselves in because the spirit of holy conviction has come over them. It's possible. possible 
not just possible, it's probable. It's not just probable, it's our assignment. It's what we're supposed to be doing. Come on, Jesus. I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask God to release grace over you. I ask God to release grace over you for, the, for your equipping, for your participation, for your engagement, for your, for your calling, for your gifts, so that you can bring them fully to the table so the whole body can grow. We stand up if you're hungry. Put your hands out. Thank you, Father. I'm going to pray. And, you know, Chris Valadin, um, you know, he teaches that in his estimation, but he believes it takes about 14 years, roughly on average, for a, a prophet who is called by God to the office of prophet to actually grow and mature into that fulfillment of operating in the office. About 14 years, and that, that's okay. And again, there's no, there's no greater, listen, if God calls you to that office, awesome. If God calls you to the education realm, awesome. He might call you as a prophet to the education realm. He might call you as an apostle to the business realm. He might call you as an apostle or evangelist to the medical realm. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds good to me. <laughs> no calling is greater than the other. First, I'm going to pray for all of the saints. But I'm going to pray that grace comes upon you. And I believe a few that God's calling you even to an office, whether it's a church fivefold office or another office of authority for a sphere of influence. That doesn't mean you gotta got run out and tell everybody tomorrow. No, there's a process of growing. Tell someone, tell a friend, but then go back into community and serving and let God germinate it and grow it. Father, I thank you for the saints. Thank you for grace resting on us. God, I thank you for a special equipping coming. Father, I thank you for a greater understanding that our, that our uniqueness is part of your plan. Well, and I pray an empowering and an equipping coming on each and every one. Father, that we would more fully feel free to engage, God, knowing that our gifts are needed for the full body to mature. Thank you, Jesus. And God, I pray, Father, I pray for those who that, you, that you have called. Father, I thank you for apostles in the room. I thank you for prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Father, if you're calling them, wonderful, beautiful. If you're calling them as apostles or evangelists into business or teachers into education, pastors in the medical realm, 
then release that to you. But God, I pray that you would start to make it clear. I pray that a special grace, I pray that some of you would begin to feel heat or tingle on your body right now just as a witness of the grace of the Father that is on your life. Holy Spirit, come. Wow. Yeah, rest. Rest on us, God. Yeah, stir it in us, God. Speak to us, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.